Podcast Revolution Network presents The Way with Noah. Greetings and welcome to another edition of The Way of Fanoa. I'm really excited to bring you all some extra content this week. Um, I just had a wonderful interview with Nikita Oliver. I mean, Nikita is a straight shooter, you know, to the point. Um, pulls no punches. Uh, that's definitely the type of leadership we need in this country. Uh, you know, while, you know, she's out in Seattle and I'm not able to vote for her. I do hope that folks who are in the area are able to like, share this interview and definitely get out the vote. I mean, just, just, I mean, you guys will listen yourself, but I just wanted to say a few words real quick. Um, we definitely need to rethink the way we're engaging with the system, with these, with this duopoly that exists. Um, one of the things I think is really great that you'll hear about when Nikita talks is, you know, taking advantage of the fact that she was running in a nonpartisan race and really building out um, an alternative to the status quo. And, and, and the People's Platform and People's Party, I mean, I think that's a brilliant concept and idea. And I would really like to see other folks across the country, um, where possible, begin to adopt a similar model and framework. And um, we've talked about this before in terms of people's assemblies, looking at the work that happened down in Jackson, Mississippi, that laid the groundwork long ago for, for Chokwe Lumumba's recent win, as well as the municipalism work that has been happening in Spain. I mean, when you bring the community together and it is the community through its own process that then is raising up, you know, potential candidates and leaders, that really brings in a new level of accountability and, and community-centered focus in this, this world of quote unquote public service. So check out the interview. Definitely one of, one of, you know, the conversations I really appreciated having and well, I appreciate all my conversations, but I was really excited that we were able to get this done. And, um, just let me know what you guys think. Peace. How are you? I'm doing all right. Thank you so much for having me. Well, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy, busy schedule to talk to me. Um, you are rather phenomenal. Um, uh, every time I, I, I post about candidates to follow or to watch or who y'all be supporting, your name is definitely one that comes up. I mean, how does it feel with the support you've gotten and with, with, with this last leg of the race? How are you feeling right now? You know, um, I'm feeling really excited, uh, but uh, very humbled uh, to see how much support is in the community, not just for my candidacy, but really for the campaign and the organizing body and the Seattle People's Party, there are a lot of people, I think, very excited about the possibility of having a local uh, grassroots-based organizing body that's focused on making the electoral process more accessible, more equitable, and doing it in a way that that's uncompromising, where we don't have to give up our ideas and our philosophies as community organizers run for office, which is a really important and transformational opportunity of being able to take our activism and organizing skills and see them become a part of transforming not just things in the streets, but ultimately the things we're trying to push for in policy. 
Right, right. Um, so and just 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 to step back a little bit with 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 your party with your platform, can you just tell us a little bit about um because you're not as most folks know who are listening, you should know, you're not running as a Democrat. Um, which is also a beautiful thing that you have the option not to, to have to run or you don't feel obligated to run. I guess I'll back up for a second. What how did you how did you become involved with, with running as a third party candidate or involved with third party party right. politics? Because so many people, particularly when we're thinking about folks of color, so many of us think that if we're ever going to be successful in politics, we have to be alignment with the Democratic Party. You know, I feel like that's a that's a story that we've been fed a lot of our yeah. lives um, that actually ignores the realities of where mass incarceration came from, where the mm-hmm. predator mess came from. You know, all of this was from Democrats. Um, right. And so, you know, I grew up in Indianapolis, Indiana. Uh, while Indiana is a mostly red state, it is that is a blue city. And I grew up being taught that as a black person, I'm a Democrat. Um, mm-hmm. And we saw in this last election, I, what I feel we saw was a lack of intersectionality within the Democratic Party and the willingness to center the needs of the most vulnerable and the most marginalized and disenfranchised in this system, which is why, in, in my opinion and for the party, you know, right now the Democrats just don't represent the interests of the things that we care about or that we most need. And certainly don't in Seattle. And so, you know, we chose to run independent for multiple reasons. I mean, first of all, the the city of Seattle uh, mayoral race is nonpartisan. So declaring them is really about getting access to the legislative district. Without being a dem, the legislative districts in this city will not endorse you, even if substantively your platform is exactly what that district is looking for, they won't endorse you. Um, which is part of the problem with the two-party system, that at some level we've become more beholden to party politics than we have to the substantive issues that are facing everyday people, that everyday people are facing, and more importantly, that the most vulnerable in cities like Seattle are facing. And so we decided to declare independence, not as a hand in the face of Dems, but as a way of pushing uh, – Democrats to think about, are we really representing the interests of the people that we say we purport to care about? Um, to show what it looks like to be a body that is functioning at the grassroots and that is representing those issues and is saying, we're going to pull from the margins, we're going to lift from the bottom because at the end of the day, that makes our city healthier. And no matter what party you belong to, you can talk honestly and authentically about the substantive issues of the city, and that's a part of transforming electoral politics. It's a, we're also not taking corporate donations. Part of, mm. It's a part of saying to be an independent and run a campaign that is fully funded by everyday residents. Our average contribution last week checked was around $60, and we've now raised over $105,000 as an independent, not taking corporate donations. And I think we live in a time where people are really ready for that. Post the election of 45, there was a space where people could have given in to political apathy, but they could organize. And what we're doing in Seattle is we're organizing, and we're transforming what politics looks like in our city. I, I really like what you just said. I mean, I like everything you just said. I really like that last part of what you said, that about, about how people, when people are faced with the options, given what we've seen happening, right, just leaving the Democrats to their own devices, just, you know, leaving things to their own devices. When people have been given the option, they're choosing to organize and mobilize and engage 
and, 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 and do things maybe in a different way or a smarter way versus continuing to beat their head on, on the wall, mm-hmm. so to speak, um, just falling in line, getting behind the numbers. And I appreciate the way you said we've been fed this story, right? Like something that's been really motivational for me, you know, more recently has been reading up more on 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 um like like Fannie Lou Hamer's you know struggle down south and and just uh just just other efforts by people of color like folks to do things outside of the traditional two party system framework and, and I like what you're saying about how one taking advantage of the fact that your race is a nonpartisan race and you didn't you know like 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 so many people are just so wedded to that idea of Democrats that they don't they're too afraid to step outside the box so I really feel like the way you have stepped out so boldly helps give us another example of someone we can point to and say, see, there are options. People do have, have a, a way to kind of build, because the way our politics has been going, it, it has not been for the people. Like you said, it's been right. about corporations and just the two parties, you know, duking it out with each other and not about the rest of us. What are some of the major issues, you know, talking to people in the community, what are some of the major issues that um, has been coming up, you know, as, as an area of focus? Yeah, so... Um a major part of our campaign is about listening. Um, mm. You know, it is my name on the ballot, but to be honest, um, I didn't wake up one day and decide that I wanted to run for office. Um, I was invited. There's a group of community members that I've been organizing with for years around a lot of issues like the No New Youth Jail campaign, Block the Bunker, um, mm-hmm. Police Accountability. Um, these are all uh, education. These are all things in our cities that uh, grassroots organizers have been focusing on around how do we transform the school to prison pipeline. And a lot of the folks that I was working with um, started getting together post the last election, having coffee, getting dinner, because, you know, we like to eat, and um, started talking about how do we transform the process and how can we build something that's about listening to the community, because the way things work in our city now is they'll bring a policy to us you might get an opportunity to comment on it, but you know you got to go to city hall to do that. You only get two minutes. Got to be a proficient English speaker. I mean, there's a long list of things right. that, that per, make barriers as to why people don't get to contribute to laws and policy. And then, if you're lucky, they might hear some of what you said. And if you have some relationships with city council, you might be able to get a couple changes made to that policy. But ultimately, once the policy is presented, we're kind of stuck with it. And so. Uh, started talking about how do you get, how do you build a grassroots organizing body that uh, transforms not just what it looks like to run for office, transforms how that office works. Mm. So we're facing some very serious issues in our city around um, housing affordability. Our market has um, transformed overnight into a market where rent is constantly skyrocketing. Um, there's tons of development happening, but it's almost exclusively luxury units that um, working families cannot afford, let alone low-income families, for lots of reasons. Some of them systemic and institutional don't have access to higher earner uh, incomes and jobs. And so uh, housing affordability is huge for us. We have a state of emergency around homelessness in our city that was declared about four years ago. Um, and we have not made any significant strides out of that. There are 11,000 people in our city living without adequate shelter, and there are 5,500 people literally sleeping outside in tents and under um, under overpasses. Uh, our school district is facing a $74 million deficit, which we know the young people that are going to be hit the hardest with that 
are going to be young folks of color and low-income students. Uh, have a police force that is under consent decree for excessive use of force and uh, possible racial disproportionality because we didn't have data to prove it then. And we're five years, uh, almost five years out of that consent decree, and we still don't have any effective police accountability legislation in place. And so these are some of the major issues that are facing Seattle, but really are impacting those folks that are being displaced because of gentrification, who are living on the margins of our city, and who are oftentimes economically disenfranchised. And part of our philosophy is, is that we know that when you center the most vulnerable, when you pull from the margins and you lift from the bottom, everybody in our city will do better because any amount of injustice in our city actually dehumanizes us all. It might hit one group first the hardest, but eventually it's going to leave us all to the machinery of injustice. So uh, the goal of our campaign is not just about getting elected. It is about building a sustainable model for transforming how politics and how bureaucracy functions in our city. Our hope is that 10 years from now, instead of running one person for mayor, develops a mechanism that helps us run whole tickets of people who want to be accountable to community, um, especially the most vulnerable, who strive to be transparent in how they do their jobs instead of having backdoor conversations that ultimately make deals that harm people, um, and who really want to focus on the substantive issues that the grassroots movements are bringing to the table because in our city, and I'm sure in most cities across the United mm -hmm. States, anytime anything revolutionary happens in the bureaucracy, it was started by young people and the grassroots before it ever got to becoming a policy. And so we know that that is how real revolutionary transformative change happens, and we want to develop through the People's Party a way to see activism and organizing and demonstrating translate into real uh, policy changes. Right, right, right. Um, so, and I absolutely, absolutely appreciate what you're saying because I'm here in Atlanta and we have among other among other issues. But what I, what I like what you said though was about like how there was group of community folks that you had already been building and organizing and working with, and you were invited in. You didn't go and decide, I have a platform, and I'm coming to the people and telling them, this is what I'm going to do, come, come get with me. You were there building space and, 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 and engaging with folks, and it sounds like it's a, like almost like a people's assembly type of process almost mm -hmm. in a way, but it sounds like you guys have going on, and I think that's been a, I think that's a really powerful model that I would really like to see other communities other you know groups start to explore more deeply. Um, how do you like 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 going through that process that you've gone through with building with the community in that way and being invited into the process? Like, how do you think that will work in the long haul with with, with serving you know as a public servant in that capacity mm -hmm. in terms of being able to one like you said change the way the system itself is 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 operating, but also creating you know better opportunities for sustainable change within our community. Yeah, so um, I'm glad you bring up the People's Assembly. Our goal is to get to a place where that's exactly what we have, and we have um, a structure that not only um, space for for communities on the ground to decide who they want to run for office, but also hold those elected accountable. Um, I told our group when they asked me to run, I actually said no for a couple of months <laughs> because 
too many times have we seen people get into office and instead of them transforming the office, the office transforms them. And so um, I said I will run if develop the People's Party to be a body, a mechanism that can hold me accountable, but also that can call me out if that time ever comes. Um, Because people become isolated within the machinery of the government, and they can forget why they got in that role and who they got, who got them in that role. They're supposed to be the public servant for. Um, And so the idea of growing the People's Party as a people's assembly is is too, well, it's multifaceted. It's educating community um, and educating us. It's building a way that we can make sure that we get uh, everyday residents um, into into public service. Our city, with the affordability crisis it's facing, the state of emergency around homelessness, needs people who are workers, who are renters, to be in positions of power because they understand the ins and outs of what it is to live paycheck to paycheck in a way that someone who has their home and is independently wealthy doesn't understand. And right now, of all of the six front runners um, and out of the 21 candidates running for mayor in Seattle, I'm the only renter. I'm the only one with a net worth of zero. Um, I'm the You're only, the only one real who, person. Right. I'm the only one who's living the, the daily situation that so many Seattleites are facing. Um, and so if we're going to transform how government works, we have to also transform who gets to be in those positions. And right now, everyday people cannot run for office unless they have what I've been lucky to have around me, which is organizing body and an organizing mentality because you basically have to be independently wealthy. I mean, I'm still yeah. working a full-time job while being a part of a citywide campaign. It's not easy, but it works because we have artists, we have educators, we have service workers, um, we have lawyers, we have grassroots organizers all around the table every day doing what we do best, and that's helping to galvanize community for a vision and an end goal. This isn't about just getting a candidate in office. It is about figuring out how do we make sure that everyday residents get access to what we've all been promised, a government for and by the people. And if the people, everyday people, cannot get in elected positions, then it is more a government for and by the wealthy, for Mm -hmm. and by the white and wealthy. And we're trying to get out of that model, which is going to require that we do things differently. There have been a number of... um, campaign managers and folks who have ran successfully campaigns in the city who have said, uh, I want to help you. I see you have a very viable candidacy. Um, but they want to do things traditionally, and we're not interested in the traditional process. Right. So as a result, we've been using the expertise that we have, um, hiring uh, our, our campaign coordinators are all young folks under the age of 30, all young people of color who have incredible skills and knowledge of the grassroots, and they're really building out what this process looks like. And to me, that's incredible because I firmly believe that we're that young people are not the leaders of tomorrow; they're the leaders of today, and they're not going to inherit the world that we're leaving. We're borrowing it, so right. they have a place in deciding what it looks like right now. Um, and so, there's a lot that's unknown about how this campaign will unfold, a lot that's unknown about how a people's party will unfold. But what I do know is there's a lot of grit and a lot of resilience. Um, and a lot of vision, a lot of creativity that's making this campaign work with over 1,100 volunteers, $105,000 raised, and tons of community listening posts and um, 
a community-driven platform that's been developed, and that to me is so exciting and incredibly humbling. I mean, that to me is exciting and, and just humbling listening to all of that, you know, when you're running that all down. I mean, so just to back up this, I know you, I know you explain all the different people involved, but how are you, how are you actually doing what you're doing right now? How are you working full time and can't running for citywide office campaigning and, and, and still being able to, to, to give of yourself in this way? I mean, like, like I, I know I'm not, I'm not trying to make you have to be superwoman or anything, but at the same time, like, that is a big deal. You know, like you said, so many candidates, either they have, you know, tons, they, they have a lot of wealthy donors or they themselves are independently wealthy, and they're able to, to not have to worry about things like work and bills and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. So not only are you, um, you know, engaging in doing everyday normal life people things, you're also taking on this task for, you know, alongside, not for, but alongside an entire you know, city. Um, how are you managing and, and, and actually handling these competing priorities? I mean, less, some people would just not even bother because it's too hard. I mean, honestly, uh, it's not easy. And uh, there are really challenging days. Um, I can say in a lot of ways I'm probably, because of the discipline that, that it's requiring, I'm probably healthier now than I was when I started. <laughs> um, I'm also an amateur boxer, so you know, I try oh, to try to stay on my runs, um, and to be honest, that type of, that sort of self-care has been essential to mm-hmm. being able to stay engaged, but really, um, it comes down to my team. We have an incredible campaign committee that sees the amount of time that my work takes. Um, I'm a case manager for an art space alternative to incarceration. Um, I have a, a master's degree in education, but I also am a lawyer, and so I've been blessed to work with a grassroots project that's trying to transform the juvenile injustice system. Um, and they see that, and they see the value of that work. And so as a campaign committee, when we set out to do this, when we started planning, when we announced in March, there were 12 people around the table who said, I'm going to give as much time as I can because I know there is no way you can do this by yourself. And there is no way I can do it by myself. It is an impossibility. I'm not super woman. I wish I was. <laughs> um, but I, I'm not, and there are really hard days. And to be honest, just in the past month alone, um, I've I've lost two to different mm. things. And when I'm not able to, whether it's because my job is emotionally heavy or my job can also be time heavy, our campaign committee steps up. Um, and I, I cannot um, overemphasize the importance of each and every person on that committee um, and their their incredible skill that they bring to the table, but also their commitment. And that's, honestly, that's what's most beautiful about this process for me is even though the system makes it impossible for individuals, everyday folks like myself and the people around our table to run for office on their own, our community consistently comes through and builds the solution that we need to be the change that we most need to see. And that is what, it is so antithetical to what this system tells us about individuality, about individual ownership, about individual ego. Um, This process will not let me hold my ego. And Mm -hmm. we have too many politicians with too much ego and not enough humility to, to say when they're wrong or to change policies when they see they have negative outcomes. And I think the beauty of this process is it keeps me authentic. 
It keeps me genuine. It keeps me human and a system that wants us to be everything but human. Um, and so I think that's the beauty is I, I'm not superwoman, and it looks super fantastic from the outside. On the inside, though, there are there's a, a core group of people who really hold me down. I mean, from everything to, like, if I say I washed my laundry and I haven't had time to put it away, I guarantee within 24 hours someone's going to be like, hey, I'm going to meet you at your house. I don't care what time you get home. I don't care mm-hmm. if it's 1030 at night. I'm going to be there to help you fold your laundry and put it away. Or if I haven't eaten, I guarantee you somebody will bring food. It's just, it's a community, it's a community process, um, and it it keeps me a community candidate. And that's why when we have forums or we have debates, people are always like, I don't know how you come up with it, but you always bring the most practical solutions to the table. Because when we first announced, people were like, here's this far left candidate, like, he's not going to be able to talk about anything practical. But it's literally because I am having to live a real life in the midst of all this that I'm able to bring to the table practical solutions. And that matters. It, it just shows you how important it is to get everyday folks in the office. Right. I mean, it, it, it is. And I was when I was reading through your platform, something I thought that was really, that I really felt like that, that last point about the importance of everyday folks, everyday working folks who are people who are either interacting or have kids in, for example, public schools. And I was going to ask you a question about you know, the school section, um, folks on education within the platform before we close out. Like, you know, as I, I'm a mom of teenagers, and I'm just thinking, um, you know, just this a little bit and just to, to the the focus on making sure that the public schools in Seattle actually retain some of the democracy in their process and not be a mayoral controlled school board. I, I grew up in Chicago and have seen mm-hmm. um, the disaster that has been Rahm Emanuel, you know, fidgeting around and playing around and things like that. And, you know, also the language about restorative justice and, 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 and making sure kids, are, are engaged in matter in the process. Can you talk a little bit about um, your education platform in terms of, at least in terms of those two issues, the the uh, school board, you know, school board autonomy, I would say, and mm-hmm. um, then uh, 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 lost my train of thought, uh, and then restorative justice. <laughs> Absolutely. The question about that. Yeah. So, um, you know, like you said, mayoral control has been a disaster and probably almost every city it's ever been tried in. Uh, we've seen the equity gap grow in those cities. So right. I believe that there's something to be said to having a school board that represents different areas of the city uh, that may, that both something to ensure that you have that democratic process um, that helps to pursue equity. Now, that does that mean that our school board does it right all the time? No, nah, they don't. Like, I've gone to school board meetings. And, and demonstrated because we need them to make significant strides in the right direction. But I do know that mayoral control puts too much control in one person's hands. And education is supposed to be the great equalizer. And while that promise has not yet come to fruition, I have to give it a hope on it because as an educator, I 100% believe that what you know impacts how you're able to grow. Mm-hmm. And your access to education, your access to language, your access to the arts is going to determine um, your self-empowerment and your self-determination. And so when we talk about restorative justice, um, I, I actually take issue with having to use those two words together because justice in and of itself should be restorative. Right. Um, and so the fact that we're in a place where we have to be specific, where we want the restorative brand of justice, um, really bothers me. 
because that's what we should have been pursuing in the first place. And so restorative justice for me is not just about our schools. It's also about ending the school-to-prison pipeline. It's about understanding um, the role that inequity plays in putting young people into the school-to-prison pipeline, how tracking and uh, standardized testing always put black and brown children and low-income children outside the system or into a system we don't want them in. Um, and so when we talk about our platform, for me, there's no way to separate education from housing affordability to state of right. emergency around homelessness or criminal legal reform. The reality is all of these things are interrelated when you talk about dealing with the root causes of poverty. And that's Absolutely. what our city has to be able to move towards is investing in dealing with those root causes because that will deal with the inequity in other parts of our system. Like our school district is growing increasingly more uh, racially segregated, and it's because of the way housing is set up in this city. We have basically said some some neighborhoods are accessible for high incomes and some are, are for the people we don't want to see. Right. And as we grow, as we add more density, it has to be specific density. We have to put it in places that begin to make our schools uh, reintegrated and ensure that there's income equity throughout the process because right now we have income apartheid in our city. That some people are getting income gains while some are not, and that's starting to filter into who can live in what neighborhoods and who cannot, and that's beginning to decide what schools have PTSAs that are robust and provide lots of funding when funding doesn't come through from the district, and then that just perpetuates inequity. And so part of what I think I bring to the table running for mayor is a systems transformation and a systems integration lens uh, with an equity vision is that I can look at all these systems and I can see where ultimately if we don't get to what's at the bottom of all this, if we don't deal with institutional racism and structural racism, if we don't deal with income inequality, we're just going to continue to perpetuate the same cycle over and over. And it's important to acknowledge, like, this city is built on Duwamish land. It is named after a Duwamish, Duquamish chief. And yet when we look at what young people are failing in schools, it's Native young people, it's Black young people, it's Latinx young people. And it's because we have not gotten to those structural and institutional pieces um, that are historical inequity that we allow to continue to happen in the way that we make our policies. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I definitely appreciate the way you linked and went back into the thread, the underlying thread, the undercurrent of poverty and other levels of systemic oppression that run through the system. And it's not just, like you said, who as in a singular issue separate from affordable housing, separate from all these other, you know, issues that you run across our community and effectuate, um, well, create hardship across the board mm-hmm. for, for, for many. Um, so, I, I, again, I greatly taken the time to talk with me this evening. Um, do you have any, you know, final thoughts or closing words, counselor, that you'd like to, <laughs> to share with our listeners? You know, I would just encourage folks to um, get out there. If you're if you're a listener from Seattle, please get out and vote. Um, this election is pivotal for our city, but more importantly, it's going to determine who gets to stay here and who doesn't. Um, if you're listening from somewhere else, please share it on social media. If you know people in Seattle, encourage them to, to check out uh, the People's Party campaign and my candidacy at www.nikitaoliver.com. And if you feel led, please donate. Um, We're not taking corporate donations very intentionally because we want to be tied to individual people. And that, uh, for us, is one of the really important points of accountability 
the last thing I would say is feel like you want to be a part of running for office, you should. Um, it's not anything I ever saw myself doing, but ultimately the reason I'm doing it now is because a young person came to me and said, my auntie says you're going to run for mayor. And, uh, <laughs> you know, these aunties are pretty creative, but they knew they knew who could get to my heart, and it's young people. And I asked that young person, what would that mean? And he said it would mean seeing someone who looks like me, who I trust, who's been in my school and in my neighborhood, who I know has integrity, who I know cares about me, running for office, and I haven't seen that before. Um, you won't believe the number of people who say, I've never met a candidate, let alone a mayor. And that breaks my heart. Because mm. at the end of the day, if you're going to be a public servant, you should be an accessible public servant. So if that's something you're interested in doing, I encourage you to do it. Because until we see it happen, it won't happen. If not us, then who? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, that's pretty powerful stuff. Like you said, if not us, then Oh, again, you know, thank you so much again for taking the time. And I'm rooting for you. I wish I could catch the ballot, but I'll definitely push in everybody, everybody in Seattle, make sure you vote, uh, vote for Nikita, and, and let's, let's do something. So appreciate you so much. Thank you. All right. Thank you. All right. Have a good evening. All right. You too. Talk soon. <laughs> Bye-bye.